Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Trey, can you do me a favor? Take off your headphones real quick. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Did you get a haircut? No. Oh, it looks like your hair's much shorter. I showered before I got here. Oh, okay. Is that it? Shrinks it a little bit. I just I didn't have not. enough. I haven't. I just got here like an hour ago, so I haven't had time to do anything. Uh, yeah, Lollapalooza. How was it, bud? It was fun. Really you, cool. Who is your fave act? I mean, it's hard to beat the Chili Peppers. Wow. Kendrick Lamar was great, too. I had so much fun. Was there anybody that just stunk up the place? Honestly, no. Really? No. Nice. Not nice. that I saw. Were you there for uh, Shaq's set? I was not, though I saw that he was there. I was waiting for Kendrick Lamar in front row all day. Oh, wow. wow. So, how, how early did you have to get there for Kendrick Lamar? Did 9 a.m. I did bo- I did that both for Kendrick and for Red Hot Chili Peppers. So, so it was oh, 9 a.m. Man, this kid is dedicated. Yeah, he's the real deal. He's the real deal. Did you wear a diaper? I mean, what are you doing nope. all day? You just you don't drink anything. And how hot was it in uh, Chicago? The, fir- the first day, it was pretty hot. It was like 90, but then like the second day was like 70. It wasn't too bad. And then it started drizzling on, s- on Saturday and Sunday. So... Uh, when for Kendrick Lamar, when did he hit the stage? On Friday. Uh, what time? So, uh, eight o'clock. Damn! So you were there for twelve hours, basically. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> but, but worth it? Yeah, totally. So and it's two stages, right? There's mo- there's like six or seven stages. Okay, but yeah. how many? How many would you say are there? Ma- is it just the one main? There's stage? two main stages. Okay. One at one side of the park, and the other at the all the way at the other side of the park, which is huge. Grant Park is huge, dude. The 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 the. <laughs> Size of that place <laughs> is mind blowing. It's insane. Dude. You don't even like when you look at it on a map. Even mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I can do that. that right. That's gonna be good. <laughs> and then you start walking. And you're like, this is this this is Manhattan. I just <laughs> I just walked from Aggieville to Colbert Hills. It's insane, dude. And you realize how big it is when you're on the other side and you're trying to run yeah, to the front like, of any the, the stage on the other side of the park. You realize how and I'm trying to sprint yeah. and I'm. It's I'm out of shape and it was horrible. The yeah yeah yeahs are playing and they're gold. <laughs> so did you catch Billie Eilish? I did, but I uh, um I was more towards the back. So there was a Not ton a of people. 
if you watched any of her live stream that she did, like the crowd is, it was definitely like around 200,000 people. It was huge. So it was reported like Shaq had like 120,000 people <laughs> yeah. for his set, for his techno set. Right. Or whatever it is. Um, John Kurtz recently texted me. He was asking me, like, why are flights so expensive for Las Vegas? I was like, well, you're kind of like booking four months out. So I wouldn't book that soon. No. Wait till a couple months or a month to the show and then book your flights and hopefully it'll be a little bit cheaper. So he's going to like it to an emo rock festival. And I think Vegas has started doing this recently where it's when we were when we were a young fest. Yeah. Yeah. It's one genre, ton of bands from this one era and they're playing all day. It's one day and there's like 50 bands and it's so much music going on at one time. There's stages literally next to each other playing at the same time. Wow. Wow. And I'm like, that. that's actually, I think it's a little bit too much that's for one lot. for one festival. You got to break into two days. Plus, it's like in it's downtown Vegas, and it's in a wide open lot, so no shade. You know, it beats the traveling fest. Like, if it's just in one spot where they pull up, play, 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 and then they get out of there, it's cool. When they go on tour with that kind of situation, man, ugh, it's a crapshoot, especially if you hit the last show <laughs> i watched the deftones were the headliners of this show it was called something fest and it was like nine bands and they were the headliners and they got to kemper was their last show and they were like bye <laughs> they were ready to go home every band just pl- like just mailed it in basically i feel like every time i see the chili peppers they kind of th- for both these times it's been at the last year i saw them at louder than life it was also on a sunday the last day the last act and it just came, seems like they kind of milly around a lot and i mean every time they play a song it's great and it's every classic you want even though both times they did not do Under the Bridge, Whoa, which is crazy. Really? Both times they did not do that You could song. argue that's their biggest song. Yeah. Like, yeah, like yeah. They don't do it, but um, they kind of like milly about between songs a lot instead of just going into the next song. Like, right. Let's just let's get through the hits here. Yeah. But I just got a name drop real quick. So okay. during Kendrick Lamar, so I was in the front, so all these people are walking by from the guest area or whatever, and there's all these people with you know fake lips and <laughs> fake boobs and... Weird costumes and everything like that. And I was just like, oh, all these rich people, whatever. And so during Kendrick Lamar, before his set start, um, <laughs> Dwayne Wade walks by. Whoa! And I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Did you recognize him? Oh, yeah. Okay. Of course. And <laughs> he was wearing like this fuzzy, weird outfit. And I was like, oh, that's Dwayne Wade. That's insane. Whoa. And he came back like in the middle of Kendrick's set and like was like dabbing up the security guards and stuff. I was like, this is cool. Whoa. And then on Red Hot Chili Peppers, when I was up there, people were walk- walking by. But there were so many cameras at the stage for when Red Hot Chili Peppers were about to go out. The most of any act I saw all weekend. And like Vogue was there and Rolling Stone and all these people. And so there was a lot of stuff going on. So I wasn't like really paying attention because there's so many people. And then there was a group that was walking by. There was a big dude and then a little dude and then another big dude. And the little dude in the middle was Chris Rock. And I was like, oh, oh wow. Yeah. I was like, whoa. <laughs> like he was walking by. I was like, wait, it's, 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 Chris, it's Chris Rock. <laughs> Remember when you got slapped by Will Smith? <laughs> <laughs> wow. You saw some stars. Yeah. Dude. And then right after him, like five minutes later, Perry Farrell from Jane's Addiction walked really? by too and I was like whoa didn't he yeah he started it yeah started yeah, it. That, yeah that's awesome yeah that's awesome so I was like speechless I was just like I couldn't get over it even when the Chili Peppers were I was like Chris Rock I just saw Chris Rock that's crazy because he's like multi-famous right man. Like, right wow, wow. <laughs> well I'm glad you had a good time 
Uh, you know, you're famous for spending a lot of money on tickets. What did this set you back? I want to say, come on now, you got to give me more credit. I don't spend all my money on tickets, but for this, it was like five hundred dollars. Like not bad. It's not bad. I mean, you got your money for four days. Four days. I got front row for two shows. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Hey, did Jane's Addiction play? At, well, they did not. Weird. Yeah. Welcome to the game. Mitch Fortner, David G, Travion Berklin, us three today. We're on until 5.30. Let's get to our first guests because we got two guests today. Oh, God. Coming up at 5.10 is again, we're out at 5.30. Utah play-by-play voice Bill Riley will join us to talk about, of course, Utah's move from the Pac-12 to the Big 12. We are first joined by Mason Voth from Email Online. Mason used to, of course, roam the sidelines of stadiums of all over the country uh, filming for yeah. PowerCat Game Day. Mason, did you run into any celebrities when you were on sidelines back in the day? Uh, boy, uh, I don't think so. Uh, I, di- I mean, I did run into Rob Velker and Waco this year before Ooh, the game, just huge. randomly. That's big. Wandering That's around big. down there, and all of a sudden, I hear him go, hey. And I look around like, what? what's going on here? But I also saw my dentist down there, too, <laughs> for that game, which was just random and wild and the, my dentist had stopped me and he was like talking to me and we it was one of those where you talk for a good five minutes and I'm trying to figure out who he is mm. because I had never seen him with a hat on before and I had never seen him without a mask covering his sure. face because he was always my dentist and I was just trying who, I've seen who those is eyeballs he's talking before. to me like he knows me and I looked down and luckily he was wearing like a credential or something and it said Travis Gillespie I was like oh it's my dentist how did I not know this and and then I was like, oh, yeah, I got, I've actually got an appointment. I'll be seeing you next Tuesday or whatever. Uh, but he was down there with the, the former Hutch Community College football coach and uh, watching some guys that, that Ryan Rhodes had coached when he was at HCC. So I was like, oh, wow, this is – but nobody ever really famous, I guess, that I saw on the sidelines for, for Powercat game day or anything like that. I mean, I don't think they send the big-time celebrities to the Liberty Bowl when K-State and Navy are playing. Well, I've seen only Eric Stone Street. That's the only person I've ever noticed, especially around here. You're getting close, right, Bud? Her due date. That's getting close, right? Uh, yes, yeah. That is supposed to be Friday. Uh, I haven't. I have some insider trading that that is likely not going to be the day that the baby comes, and that the baby is likely going to arrive earlier than the due Ooh. date. So, are your palms getting sweaty yet? Right now, you getting sweaty yet? No. No, not yet. I mean, I, I maybe a little bit uh, like earlier this morning when we were at the doctor's appointment, it kind of hit me like, okay, this really is the week and like it's going to happen soon. Um, but I'm kind of in a calm mode. I mean, Bud is just losing her mind, freaking out. Like she's pretty nervous about it now. Uh, we also found out how big they think the baby is at this point in time. And that also concerned her. Uh, we've got ourselves... We've got ourselves a big girl cooking in there right now, based off the sounds of it. So uh, my my wife is a little concerned about that, but uh, it's all going to work out. Okay, uh, real quick. Uh, So we got a request. I'm sure you saw it on Twitter to play a game courtesy of Mr. Wildcat. You know I'm a Scott Wildcat from Bosco's Boys. Yes. We're going to play that in a little bit. I'm going to make a question out of that. What what weight were you born? I've got no idea. I know Hmm. absolutely zero about my birth. Um, actually I've learned a lot more since, since Bud became pregnant because my mom has shared this stuff with her. But all I know is, is that I came by C-section. My mom went to the doctor's appointment and they said, you need to go to the hospital right now. And so went over there. She had to be like 
put under for the C-section too. And my dad wasn't allowed in the delivery room. So my dad was by himself waiting in the waiting room Ooh. until they came out and said like, Hey, your kids here and everything. And then the other uh, interesting nugget, since I was born early in the morning on April 2nd, uh, my grandparents thought that I was an April fool's joke when they got the phone call that I had come because, <laughs> you know, it was, it was so early in the morning or whatever that they, you know, they thought, Oh, they're just, you know, kind of screwing around. But no, that was a, uh, it was the real deal there. So, <laughs> so now that you found out your mom had a C-section, are you treating her really nice now? Because the, the <laughs> more you learn about a C-section, you're like, oh my god, that's terrible. Not yet. I, I think <laughs> if, if my wife ends up having to go through it, and I learn a lot more about the process, oh then yeah, I might, I might be. Because right now, I'm like, I don't know. That sounds like almost the better outcome, considering what like the alternative is. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that I'm going to learn a lot in, uh, probably the next week. Oh yeah. Your, your whole, your knowledge base is going to grow for sure. Mason, um, are you sad that the PAC 12 is right now on life support? No, I, I'm glad that they're dead. A bunch of arrogant know-it-alls that don't give a rip about sports. I, I could care less about what happens to the PAC 12. And they're lucky that eight of their schools are getting new homes that are much better for them. And the other four, unfortunately, they did nothing wrong, but they can pay the price and uh, go rot in a really bad place because of everything else that the league had done. Because George Klyovkov, I mean, I, I feel zero sympathy for that man. He, he lied the entire time. He threw the first punch. The only problem was he had a dainty little swing. And Brett Yormark just hammered him right back and knocked him out. And I, I, I'm so proud of Brett Yormark, and uh, I, I can't be more thrilled with how the outcome of this has all gone on. Yeah, Brett Yormark is Jose Ramirez, and George <laughs> Klyovkov is Tim Anderson. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, let's play two games instead of one. Your first game is going to be start, bench, cut. Ooh. Okay. Arizona, Arizona State, Utah. Uh, and like, what? What's the context? Am I? They're like athletics programs. Well, people. They're, what I, am I? I would say start bench cut, as in how much they move the needle for you, as in new members of the Big Twelve, what they bring to the table when it comes. I mean, from top to bottom, from the athletic department who's in charge to athletics, like the actual uh, actual teams. All right. Well, this is really tough because you're putting me in a bad spot. Because uh, I'm probably going to upset my uh, my colleague Ema online and good friend Gabe Swartz, who is a Sun Devil alum. But I would start Arizona, I would bench Utah, and I would cut Arizona State. And my logic for this is, I'll start Arizona number one because out of those three schools, they're the ones that want to be here. And number two, they're the ones that bring the caliber to win a national title in any sport, like that basketball program is going to elevate Big 12 basketball even more, and they could win something in that. Now, Utah, they've got a great football program. Basketball, when it gets rolling, can be solid. So uh, Utah I would bench, but obviously their fans have been really crappy in this entire process. Their athletic director kept saying, I'll keep dreaming, or now nah, we're not joining the Big 12, and here they obviously are joining. So I would put Utah there because they at least bring something to the field, even though their people kind of suck. The problem for Arizona State is right now you're dealing with the school that the football program's trying to get it figured out. Kenny Dillingham will be a good coach, I think, for them, but the football program is not there. 
basketball's kind of a perpetual bubble team, and that was in the Pac-12, which is pretty weak. Now they got to come be a bubble team or better in the Big 12. Seems tough to do, not to mention then the fact that I think their fans are great and are excited for the Big 12. Their fans, from everything I've read and heard, their fans hate the administration at Arizona State as much as the outsiders do. But Michael Crow, their president, and Ray Anderson, their athletic director, have come off like some of the worst people in this process and like dudes you just don't want to deal with. They're the, the smug, arrogant, it's all about academics type people, which like, yeah, it's great. You know, it's good for people to be educated and smart, but there's a lot more to life than that. And the thing that really matters in the grand scheme of things now for most people that go to these schools is athletics, and they don't seem to comprehend that. And the things that they've said have just – They've been terrible in the process. So, unfortunately, I'll cut Arizona State. I think I would absolutely agree with that. Mm-hmm. You're right. Mm-hmm. The The leadership at Arizona State, I mean, if, if you're a big fan of Larry Scott, you have issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what we've learned about uh, Arizona yeah. State. Larry Scott probably is – who was it the other day on Dan Patrick's saying He's probably the worst commissioner in all of college athletics ever. Uh, and, and somebody's actually a big fan of his. Um, well, it's impressive. Real quick, it's impressive that he is probably the worst Power Five conference commissioner ever, and they hired right after him the second worst commissioner because George Klyovkov could have done a lot of things to save the Pac-12, and instead he held out. He wanted to try and act like he fit in with the Big Ten and ACC, and instead he got burnt. If when OU and Texas left, he had reached out and offered the eight remaining Big 12 schools a spot in the Pac-12, I don't think we're in this problem right now. No. They might lose USC and UCLA still, but they wouldn't have lost anybody else, and it would have been the Big 12 that disappeared. So instead, because he was arrogant and because he thought he was the smartest guy in the room and he didn't want to help out the Big 12, he, he kind of got what he got. And he is the second worst behind Larry Scott, who was just terrible for Pac-12 business. And he really started the, the snowball effect here for the Pac-12 crumbling. Mason Voth from Email on, Online is our guest. Uh, let's play some Book It or Cook It. We played this back in the day when you were a host on the show. We would even play it when uh, you weren't on the show. Uh, John and I would continue it uh, just to kind of preview some K-State football games. So I I, rem- I think I remember the vein of this like game, how it all works. You know, If you're for it, you book it. If you don't like it, you cook it. So I think Brett McMurphy just shut this down in a latest report, but – there was some uh, rumblings earlier today and even last night that maybe your mark would be interesting in adding Oregon State or San Diego State. So let's say that was still on the table. Would you book it or cook it? I would cook that uh, very easily. I would cook that. I just right now with the, the 16 schools that the Big 12 has, there's no reason to add anybody else out west at this point in time. I don't think there's value there. And the, the fan bases that support athletics and bring eyeballs are very small in numbers. Um, the only thing that I'd be open to expansion-wise right now for the Big 12 is either A, wait for the ACC and see what happens there on who decides that they need to get out of town if that thing ever crumbles. Or B, if you make the cases, Brett Yormark, hey, we're going to add Gonzaga out west and UConn out east as, bas- as basketball and every other sport except football members only. Like That then it solves a couple of problems. It makes the basketball brand go up even more, which seems – inconceivable with how good the Big 12 has it right now. And then on top of that, it also gives more travel partners to your further east and west schools. And I think that makes sense since all of a sudden we have to act like we, we care about what happens to the softballs and gymnastics and swim and diving teams in the country. Because let's be honest, they're, they're great athletes. They're great at competing. 
we don't give a rip about what happens to them because the only thing that we care about is how football and men's basketball does. And if your baseball team is good, you care about that. It's just, it's all very niche. So we can quit pretending. And if we, we need to, you know, satisfy those people, then we can go ahead and add some travel partners. I can't remember if I asked you this question two weeks ago when we had you on last, but I kind of made it a, a theme question last week whenever somebody would come on. And that is K-State football going undefeated in 2023 at home. Would you book it or cook it? Um, I would book it uh, because, I mean, the the home schedule is certainly easier than it has been in past years. I, I mean, the toughest home game this year is probably UCF or TCU uh, based off the way I see it. And when I kind of tried predicting games about a month or two ago on EMA online, um, I had K State, I had K State losing two games this year in the regular season at Texas and at Texas Tech. So uh, I, I think I will book it. They will go undefeated at home this year. Jose Ramirez and Tim Anderson, their fight uh, over the weekend. Best baseball fight? Would you book it or cook it? Uh, I'll, I'll cook it. There are a lot better ones out there. Uh, obviously, Nolan Ryan getting his licks in on, on Ventura, and also oh, yeah. obviously the Odor Batista fight. I think that's the one that, like, that's still better than Tim Anderson and Jose Ramirez because, like, a little bit of a lucky land on Jose Ramirez's part. He was just kind of flailing mm. that right arm out, but caught him good and, I mean, sent him down. But the punch Rujanid Odor had on Jose Batista, number one, I think a lot of people would like to do that to Jose Bautista. <laughs> Number two, like, it's just the whole thing behind it. Like, he was upset about how what took place in the postseason the year before, and Bautista with the sunglasses on, and so he gets the sunglasses mm-hmm. knocked off with it, and it's just like, it is a real punch that lands on Bautista. I think that's still the the crown jewel of, uh, of baseball fights and what everybody kind of lives up to. I remember when that happened. I was That was my senior year of high school. And we were in Wamigo at Wamigo Country Club. We were playing a practice round before regional golf. And all of my teammates and I, I just huddled there on the tee box watching replay after replay of that fight going down because that is the gold standard. Like, that's, a, that's just a beautiful scene. All right, last one, Mason. And I wasn't at the press conference um, on Friday that Tang had, but uh, I believe this was mentioned during that press conference. That is, that it is still the plan to add two more players to this year's roster, two spots available when it comes to scholarships. So, Tang adding two more players to the roster for this upcoming season. Do you book it or cook it? Uh, well, I'm going to cook it, but I'm going to cook it with my own logic. I think that they do probably add one more player, like a legit player. Um, you know, they might end up with two more scholarship men's basketball team members. But actual players, in the sense of the word player, uh, maybe just one. I I just think it's so late in the process. And if you think that you're going to find two guys right now that can help play immediately, I just think that's kind of a fool's errand. And I know that Jerome Tang and his staff are like eternal optimists, and it worked out for them last year. I just have a tough time believing that they're going to get two out of it, especially because we really haven't, you know, from basically May – until even like late July, we had names of guys that we knew that they were in on or could be interested in. Right now, we don't really have any names for that. And so if we can't even think, hey, this might be a guy that fits, as opposed to we know they're in on these guys, 
makes it really tough for them to be able to get two guys. So I'm going to say cook it. They only get one player. All right, Mason, to wrap up, remind us uh, what's going on lately with EMA Online. You're doing a lot of heavy lifting these days. So what's uh, what's to come and uh, what can we expect? Well, you know, I'm just putting the, putting the team on my back right now. Uh, well, right now, really, since the baby's about to come, uh, we've got a lot of loaded up football content, getting ready to go more season preview stuff. So uh, sort of a series, taking a look at all the different positions, kind of breaking down the players that uh, you need to know for that spot this year, and then a couple of predictions, good and bad, for each group. And then uh, obviously up today, Monday thoughts, every Monday, 10, 10 thoughts, most of them around K-State, some around college sports. Uh, but always good to check that out. Today's very realignment heavy, and I probably took it a little too far in how mean I was to George Klyovkov, but I don't really feel too bad about it. Are you at a county fair right now? Where are you calling us from today? <laughs> uh, so I am I am at the NBC World Series in Wichita right uh. now, uh, watching my, my former uh, co-worker and uh, friend and, and former big leaguer and college baseball hall of famer phil stevenson managed the kansas cannons so uh i'm out here it's, it's seventh inning stretch time in wichita uh one thing i've got a complaint real quick just Ooh. about like how you know as somebody that's about to be a dad mm. and how i plan to you know keep my kids in check uh i have found that the parents at games that take place at x stadium or wichita state place they just don't take stock of where their kids are like, I try to go find a place where nobody is sitting. Like, just I like to sit by myself, nice and quiet, watch the game. And when I came for the K-State, Wichita State game, I did that. I was in all the way in left field. Nobody was out there. And what do you know, like a half inning later, all of a sudden people start coming out there and these kids are running by, messing around, making loud noise. I'm like, okay, this is kind of frustrating. Like, I came out here for a reason. I didn't want to deal with the riffraff. And... The parents did nothing about it. Well, then today, here I am sitting all by myself, way away from civilization. And all of a sudden, these kids just all this room. And for some reason, they decide to come right up in my grill, frolicking about playing hide and go seek or whatever. Parents, get a control of your kids. Like, you don't have to be mean to them, but just just be a good parent. You know, like, well, I know I'm about to go through this and I don't really understand it yet, but I think I know how to handle things because my dad was pretty good at wrangling me and my brothers and we were never like that. So uh, I don't think it's as hard as some people make it seem. Well, first of all, I mean, this isn't golf. It's, it's baseball. <laughs> I mean, you, you can allow a little bit of riffraff or whatever you call no, it at a baseball it, look, game. It's okay. It's okay. If the riffraff is like when somebody jacks one over the right field wall, like I've got no issue with that. But when it's, you know, top of the second inning and the riffraff is coming to me just running around playing hide and seek like come on get a handle on it. oh mason's gonna be a strict pair <laughs> isn't he <laughs> heavy-handed sit down don't talk I th- look forward i think a part of parenting is sometimes you just kind of lose track of your kids and let them go that's goof of, off for a little bit that's you part know? of it you, could, you gotta you gotta heat check yourself every once in a while and see hey how lucky am i <laughs> go ahead run uh, i Do just it. I don't know. My, my kids, we're going to sit down, shut up, and, and just enjoy the game. Watch enjoy the, the beautiful game. game. <laughs> what if yes. what if your kid or kids in the future uh, don't end up liking baseball? Oh. That's probably something that I'll have to deal with. I mean, my wife really does not enjoy it at all <laughs> with me. Uh, she's been at least good enough to, like, go because uh, she knows, like, it's important to me. So she's she went to opening day with me this year. She's gone to some Royals games in the past, but she's really not a fan. 
Um, I think if it was up to her, our kids have zero interest in some of the sports that I really love, uh, which, you know, kind of, kind of hurts. Uh, as long as they're into golf, that's really the only thing that's going to matter to me, I guess, because that, that's something that they'll be able to do for a long time. And, uh, I, you know, some of my best memories as a kid are getting to go play golf with my dad. So I hope that they have that same feeling. Aww. Well, if there's one thing I can say about girlfriends, they do a great job of adopting your interests. That's for sure, <laughs> at least pretending that they like it. All right, Mason, we got to get to a break. Thanks for uh, stopping by, and I'm sure we'll see you tomorrow at Climbing. I don't think you will. Oh, uh, yeah, baby, I guess is coming, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if the baby was even coming on Friday, you probably wouldn't see me just in case anything went down. All right. uh, but based off the uh, inside info I have, I will probably not be at a Chris Klein's press conference. All right, then maybe uh, September 2nd. Thanks, Mason. Yes. All right, we'll see you. All right, Mason both from Email Online here on The Game. Let's take a break. We still have 510. Coming up, we're going to hear from Bill Riley. He is the play-by-play voice of the Utah Utes. More of the game next. We're back on the game. Mitch Fortner, David G, and Travion Berkland. Us three today, and we are at a 534 Royals baseball. They're going to be playing up in Fenway Park against the Boston Red Sox. And by the way, today, tomorrow, Wednesday, and Thursday, all four days, um, we're out at 530 because of Royals hmm. in Boston. We'll have a couple of hours for you on Friday. The phone number is 537-1350. And coming up at 510, we speak with Bill Riley. He is the play-by-play voice of the Utah Utes, of course, talking conference realignment. The Utes jumping from the Pac-12 to the Big 12. How hard of a jump is that for um, the Utah Utes? And I got to get some info about this rivalry with BYU. I need to see the Utes. Oh, I mean, you think they get that joke a lot? I mean, the two Utes, the two Utes, all day, every day. I wanted to briefly just touch on. the topic that was, uh, I don't know if it came out last night or this morning, but I believe it was Jason Sheeran. By the way, shout out to that guy. What a Ooh. name he has made for himself with wow. all this conference, conference realignment. He sees, he has, he, he's got the sources. He, it's either this. him. He's been nailing it. Or his brother is the source. It's crazy, man. He has been on top of this thing. And I like how he calls people out, too. He's like, uh, you want to go ahead and mention me? That, that was yeah. I, I was the one that broke that. <laughs> not you, Brett McMurphy. But speaking of Brett McMurphy, <laughs> yeah. Um, I saw this latest update that he had while Mason was on. That this was the report that came out either earlier today or last night. That now the Big Twelve might not be done at just sixteen. Maybe looking to go further. And the names that were thrown out there was Oregon State and San Diego State. And I was like, I don't know if I really feel great about that. The latest report from Brett McMurphy is that the Big 12 has, quote, no appetite to add any of Pac-4 schools or San Diego State. Quote, we have no interest in doing anything, that source said. And another quote is that we're done. And I'm like, I know a lot of people have been pointing out, and I think I have as well, that now with the Big 12 adding the four corners and all of them now, that they are touching now through all four time zones. I mean, technically that's true, but that's like half of the year for Arizona. And I think Brett Yormark still, of course, has the goal to actually get to the West Coast, as in all the way to the ocean. Well, San Diego State would check that box. You know, Oregon State, 
I don't think that's your best option when it comes, and maybe it is for football, but I still don't. Li- I wouldn't like that move when it comes to trying to get your footprint in like this the Portland Seattle area. I mean, right now, what the smart move sounds like, and according to Brett Yormark's goals when it comes to basketball, it would be Gonzaga, and it would be a UConn if he continued to expand. And I was also thinking, you know, is this would this be Brett Yormark trying to get ahead of the curve? You know, trying to beat everybody else to further expansion like he sees where college athletics is going in the next 10 years do I just try to beat everybody else continue to expand and try to get ahead of the pack I just don't think you get a whole lot stronger with adding in Oregon State and San Diego State I mean San Diego State was supposed to be you know plan B Mm -hmm. for the Mm Pac-12 if they couldn't get things done with the 10 they had all right, let's try to beef things up and let's go with San Diego State and maybe somebody else. Well, San Diego State ends up backing out after they basically say we're interested in going to the Pac-12, and then they back out when there's no TV deal, and now it's just way too too much money to ask for for these Mountain West schools to think about jumping because you're looking at $35 million to do so. There's one L.A. You know, there's one L.A., the L.A. greater area. San Diego doesn't equal L.A. San Diego couldn't even keep the NFL team. They they didn't they weren't upset until like the last minute. And they're like, wait a minute, don't take the Chargers, please. They don't I, I just don't see the draw there because all I've been told is like it's all about viewers. It's about viewership. It's about viewership. It's about viewership. Yeah, potential eyeballs. <clears throat> and it's not there. It's definitely not there. Um Oregon State would be like, I mean, that's not that strategically placed. I and mean, they're way out there. In the middle of nowhere. I, I We're done. I, I mean, as a fan, I look at the logo graphics and stuff for the Big 12, and I'm like, boy, that's a lot of teams, and it's a lot of teams that I look kind of thrown together. And I don't want to add two more that just seem like, okay, you know? The Gonzaga-UConn for basketball sounds amazing. That really, that sounds awesome. I think we should do that. That would be cool as hell. But Oregon State and San Diego State, nah. Brett Yarmark has uh, completely boxed in New Mexico. I, don't know if you, I know. If you if if you look at the map, but what you don't see on that map that has the logos that represent all the Big Twelve schools now starting in twenty twenty four the sixteen that you don't see Mexico represented. There's oh, Big Twelve Mexico now. No He's got doubt. Mexico. Come on, come on. I wish I could go back in time and change things for the University of New Mexico <laughs> just because it just doesn't feel right. To have that, like, New Mexico just kind of drawn over. It's just weird. It looks weird. I wish they were a bigger deal than they are, but they're just, they're also just not a big draw, man. They used to be a popular pick for Final Fours. Oh, yeah, dude. Not too long ago. So, uh, like, I watched a lot back in the day when Fox would have Fox, uh, Fox Mountain West. They would show a lot of those basketball games, and it was a tough spot to play. It's like those fans are right on top of you. And they used to whack some people. Danny Granger. Danny Granger used to kill people down there. But, yeah, otherwise it's like eh. – and their their football team was kind of okay. And now they're, like, even worse than New Mexico State, who used to be the bad ones. It's it's weird down there, man. That's legit football additions. I mean, your mark, I'm sure, has heard the rumblings in the ACC lately. If anything blows up there – is Jormar ready to pounce? Probably. Yeah, he is. Probably. I think 
like a Florida State or whatever, if that was a possibility, maybe try to try to get in on that, even though that'd be tough because you're kind of waiting at this point, like I am, is like, you know, what does the SEC now want to do? Mm-hmm. Don't they feel like now this is their time to make a move? Like, all right, we've seen the the, the Big Ten and we've seen the Big Twelve. Yeah. Make some moves now. Well now, you know, in the rotation, it's our turn. Mm-hmm. You know, what do we do next? It's our we got the dice in our hands. Mm-hmm. I'm think I what I've heard is it's Virginia is the one who's like, ooh, and Virginia and Virginia Tech are both like, we should make a move. And that market, that Virginia, like close to D.C. market kind of thing is a, is one that people want. And I think if anybody's going to go, it's them. It'd be Virginia, Virginia Tech maybe as a package deal would try to go do something. But the ACC, it sounds like they're trying to hold strong, man. They are really, they're not going anywhere. All right, we need to take a break. And when we come back... A reminder, 510, we're going to be joined by Utah play-by-play voice Bill Riley. We'll finish up the hour with the number one song after these words.